Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hello and welcome to the NXT War Games preview. I'm Adam Wilborn from What Culture, joined by one of the Dudley Boys, Michael Hamflet from What Culture, to look ahead to this weekend's War Games pay per view. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on either iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts from, for daily wrestling podcasts where we review Raw, SmackDown, NXT 2.0, AW Dynamite, AW Rampage pay per views. We have interviews, roundtable discussions, and a roundup of the week complete with a bleak quiz, of course on WrestleCulture. As I said, though, joined by Michael Hammond to look ahead to NXT War Games this weekend. Not, of course, now under the TakeOver banner, but how are you feeling about the pay-per-view pamphlet? Not that excited, um, and it's not our business to be disingenuous on these podcasts. Oh. So even though we're here to preview this card, I'd be lying if I said I was mega hyped. There's interesting ramifications off the back of the men's War Games match specifically. There is at least one stipulation that we assume will be adhered to elsewhere on the card that will make for an entertaining visual one way or the other. And there is a chance of genuine danger in at least one of the other matches on the card. So there's a lot of curios, but that's sort of the polite way of talking about a pay-per-view like we do of the TV show. We kind of watch it for the patter. We watch it for taking the piss. We watch it for the very, very silly stuff. This is going to be that patter, piss, take, silly stuff show's attempt to run what looks like a super functional wrestling pay-per-view. Mm. And that's why I'm not excited about it. I've got mixed emotions about it because I completely agree with you. Like, it's a surreal show to watch NXT 2.0. But there's, I think it's just the eternal optimist in me that looks at this card and goes... I'll be quite fun watch this. If they can keep it tight. Yeah. It keeps it like two and a half hours, for mm-hmm. example, and not get people who don't really know what they're doing, doing insane spots. You can look at some of the people and go, there could be some really memorable moments in this. Mainly between like Dakota Kai and the uh, <laughs> women's team. I'm, I'm nervous more for toxic attractions involvement in, in war games. But you look at like... Team Black and Gold and 2.0, and you've got, you know, you've got Carmelo Hayes, who we just know is going to be a, a star in the future. And like you say, it's it's a sort of line in the sand, I suppose, this for, for NXT, because it, it does feel like a 
changing of the guard, quite possibly. Let's start with that hmm. match, in fact. Team Black and Gold, that is Tommaso Ciampa, Johnny Gargano, Pete Dunne, and Mr. Day One when it comes to old <laughs> NXT, LA Knight versus Team Dubai. Oh! Featuring Bran Breaker, Carmelo Hayes, Grayson Warner, and Tony D'Angelo, uh, Team 2.0, the heel team, supposedly, I think, anyway. Hmm. Maybe not, actually. Well, regardless, they have the advantage, which is the right way, I suppose. Yeah, the Bron Breaker is possibly what's stopping them being a United heel front. Mm. He was never particularly positioned as a heel, just as a tough guy that believed himself to be the best and far better than the old guys, the old guard of NXT. So, but I guess to the heel unit for the benefit of tonight. We've had this before in war games where sometimes babyfaces briefly jump to the heel side for whatever reason. And this at least makes logical sense. He's very much part of one side more than he is the other. And yeah, this is, I don't think this is a hard match to predict. I think we can all assume that this is 2.0's big win. Mm -hmm. As you said, a, a sort of a line drawn here between not getting rid of the end of the past version of NXT, but finally sort of suggesting they are the past. Mm -hmm. There has not been yet any sort of objective reason why the NXT old guard should feel obliged to move out the way. Just because they've changed the colour scheme, just because they've changed the layout of where they wrestle, why in character should any of these wrestlers think, oh, I'll step aside for these young guys. This will be the night. This will be the night they are forced to do that, where they are finally, the black and gold team are finally overwhelmed by 2.0. It's tricky this because... Yes, the heels have the advantage, but it's really tough to guess the order. Normally with war games, and we'll certainly get to this in the women's match, you can see at least who the two starting wrestlers mm. are. You need um, guys that can go, or girls that can go long. You need technically astute and you know adept wrestlers that can make that first portion where there's no way the match is going to end. There's no proper stakes because the exciting bit is waiting for the second person to come in. And their job is to make that opening minute, whether it's, well, that opening section, whether it's two minutes or five minutes, mm -hmm. whatever. That's got to be dynamic just through pro wrestling across two rings. So whilst Team Black and Gold has no shortage of people to fill that role, in fact, I would argue three of the four team, you could easily argue, will be entrant number one. I think it will be Johnny Gargano. I agree, but, yeah. Um, it could easily be Champa as the champion. He might want to lead from the front. There's a storyline there, you know, the NXT champion. It could be Pete Dunne just by the look of a draw. Or LA Knight is the guy that feels a little bit out of place and thus wants to prove himself yeah. to the rest of the team. You know, there's narrative arguments, but I think it'll be Gargano. It's much harder to assess who that'll be on the other side. Carmelo Hayes sticks out because yeah. those two are still in a program and you think, well, Carmelo Hayes has probably got the engine to go the distance in this thing. Um, but then from there, again, it's booking it forward. Who do you put in second? Do you let Tony D'Angelo take advantage of the numbers game? He's a guy that likes numbers. Why did he come to NXT? <laughs> um, where he's there in this two-on-one advantage and the babyfaces assume control or things like that? Or do you throw a Bron Breaker in because fundamentally he's a babyface and he's willing to fight for the win? Um, I expect either Gargano or, if not Gargano, Ch uh, Tomasa Ciampa to take the fall here. Gargano, because we've all assumed that this is just a contract extension, he's on his way to AEW. Mm -hmm. We don't know for definite, but it's all sort of reasoned speculation that this feels very similar to Adam Cole's own departure, where he very kindly did the honours and did things the right exactly, way on his yeah. way out. Um, but if not Gargano, there's probably nobody better to beat than Tommaso Ciampa. He's the NXT World Champion, but this is war games. This is different. He can be overwhelmed by the numbers game. The whole team can be. They can just be battered if they want to by this NXT uh, 2.0 unit. And I guess the only thing 
to try and predict in the absence of these otherwise fairly predictable elements is the big spot, is the big moment. Yeah. It's the, the air raid crash oh, from the table that I watched in real life and still couldn't believe it was happening in front of me. It's Io Shirai jumping off a cage with a bin on her head. Yes! It's um, uh, Killian Dane swallowing the key. It's those moments that you remember from um, war games past that at least allow the matches to linger in the memory. 2.0 really need one here, and I'm curious to see who they give it to. Bron Breaker is a guy that they want to push, but do you take a risk by giving him something insane to do do you really want Bron Breaker climbing a cage and diving off of it even if there's seven other bodies to catch him I'm not so sure you do so I'm wondering what insane risk they're going to offer to one of these guys did it with our boy let's not forget we were thinking about it and then yeah there he was I guess so I guess so um I don't know I just I I feel like there's going to be something that we're all going to have a heart in our mouths over but that's the only shock I would expect. I think Carmelo Hayes is probably going to do the mad spot because he's talented enough to pull mm. it off. Yeah, maybe. Um, it's, yeah, it's depending on whether it's a big aerial spot, mm. like we've seen from Ricochet, for example, in the past, um, or a mad strongman spot, and maybe Bron Bre- is definitely probably going to throw someone between the two rings, for example. Why doesn't he, for the first time, because it's war and because he's being referenced every week anyway, why doesn't he debut his version of the Steiner Screwdriver? Oh my days. Hey, if Pat McAfee can do stuff, <laughs> he, anyone can. But yeah, I think 2.0 win. I think you're right, Gargano probably eats the fall for me because I think he's out the door. I think as much as we report today about them trying to get him to stay, and we'll talk the other side of uh, of the two imminent departures right now from, from NXT. I think Gargano's going. Um, the, that, the, the contract that he signed speaks volumes for me, mm. that slight extension because he's, he's a good corporate boy, but... He wants to try and do stuff elsewhere, and I don't blame him for that. Um, but yeah, 2.0 win, and I think you're right. This is a, a changing of the guard somewhat, perhaps. Yeah. Not that we're going to get rid of the uh, team black and gold from, from NXT 2.0 just yet. Uh, before we move on to other matches, a quick question. Number one, that main event? Yes, yeah. goes on last thing. Uh, and number two, we talk about old guards. Is tonight the night, or this night, the night we find out who MSK's shaman is? Or are they going to save that for TV? I think they should do it at War Games. I honestly do. I don't know how much they care about how much engagement NXT gets, about how much discussion it generates, and you know, like how much the online discourse really matters for a show that they partially consider developmental. Um, but if there's one thing that is going to generate on this show, it's the appearance of Rob Van Dam in the Strange 2.0 Dome. Um, is he going to look and be like, oh, man, it's like there's two rings here. And, and there is two rings. He's <laughs> really baked. Um, we got one ring. <laughs> we got two rings. I love how, by the way, for years, um, the the old line used to be before Triple H got control of NXT and just did it anyway. The old line was that Vince never really fancied war games because two rings would remove the opportunity to sell some tickets in the space the ring would go. That's not an issue they've got in the 2.0 done, is it? It's something <laughs> like, oh, this will save some blushes. Um, yeah, I would like him to debut. I would like uh, if uh, this show needs one stupid 2.0 thing to break it up. One. Not more. This doesn't need to start feeling like a TV show. This certainly doesn't need to tiptoe towards three hours. But one little diversion, a bit of a breather in the middle of the card, and Rob Van Dam emerging, like MSK coming to the ring perhaps, 
and saying, look, we you saw on Tuesday we found our shaman and we brought him here to you tonight. I think it'll actually generate a bit of conversation mm. about the show on the Monday morning. People can honestly live their lives with this show happening and never know it existed. Like if a brawn breaker falls from a cage and there's nobody Uh-oh. around to see it, did it even happen? Yeah. Like Rob Van Dam, and this is daft because it should be like a new star or a developmental talent or an emerging prospect, but Rob Van Dam appearing oddly, as a weed-based shaman for the former tag team champions will probably generate a bit of discussion. And if you can steer eyes over to your show, there's a chance they might stick around for, like, a double cage match as well. I think you're completely right. He's the shaman, and I think he should pop up on this show to just garner a bit of attention. Mm. And it's not like you can't just re-reveal him again on TV Yeah, uh-huh. if you want to do that. Um, just doubling back quickly, actually got a little Tony D'Angelo predictor. Oh, We're not going to okay. go too much into mm-hmm. the games here. We're going to try and do some sort of series. The war games. The war games. Uh, I'm not going to suggest any mad spots or things like that, but I do like the idea because we've all seen the image of them all clustered up mm-hmm. in the in the cage or whatever you want to call it before they are allowed out into, into war games. Him slipping a referee some money and then bringing him a chair. Just simple stuff like that. I ain't going back there looking at the little cell and going, I ain't going back there. Or him picking the lock, like I said, never yeah. on all the heels coming out at one time. <laughs> um, we'll try and separate this out. We'll, we'll do like they will and, and talk about the Women's War Games match in due course. Uh, sticking with potential WWE departures, though, Kyle O'Reilly tags with his best friend, the guy with the biggest heart, uh, Von Wagner, to take on Imperium for the NXT Tag Team Championships. Could this be a changing of the titles perhaps to try and get Kyle O'Reilly to stay, do you think? I don't think so. Uh, because I don't think NXT tag team titles are the prize that makes anybody stay. Kyle O'Reilly will stay with WWE slash NXT if he wants to. Yes. No titles, no supposed prestige or anything like that is going to make him sign that contract. He's going to sign the contract if it if it works for him, brother. There's no there's nothing left to do in this brand that he hasn't already done. And I include like winning the title because he's main evented. He's had a taste of what it is to main event this show, and this show's never meant less. Mm. If he won that title now, it would mean less than when he main evented against the champion Finn Balor was. Mm, yeah. If that sort of makes any sense. So there's nothing KFAB pro wrestling that Kyle O'Reilly should feel that he should have his head turned by. But if he fancies staying, he's going to stay. I don't think he will. I think the uh, the opportunities are looking far brighter elsewhere. Um, and this one, again, seems like not so much a another like line in the sand moment between old and new, but the setup to another line in the sand moment. I expect Von Wagner and Kyle O'Reilly to lose here so we can finally get to the point and have one turn on the other. I have started to wonder if they've started to see the babyface potential in Van Wagner and instead have Kyle O'Reilly snap on him and them lose the match and Kyle O'Reilly like leather him with a few of those kicks from behind or something like that. And then Von Wagner, the hero in front of a very generous crowd in 2.0, flattens Kyle O'Reilly on an episode of TV and sends him packing forever. Because so far... We've received Kyle O'Reilly as a babyface because we've known him all these years and we love him. They might not look at it that way. They might look at it as big guy, little guy. Yeah. We prefer him. You know, if you want to turn Von Wagner heel and his first big win be over Kyle O'Reilly, same thing. We're all getting to the same point. I just, I've started to talk myself into thinking they might actually try and make O'Reilly the heel instead of Von Wagner. This would be two consecutive loser leaves WWE matches that they actually stick to. Yeah. Brian and then this one. Yeah. Um, and like, 
And let's hope that that's, there's more of that in the future. Like, if all your favourite wrestlers suddenly get started putting in loser leaves matches, you can start rubbing your thighs about when they're going to rock up on Dynamite. It's brilliant. Yeah, and speaking of AEW, that's what I'm thinking of with this. Is, uh, you know, we did our predictions for, what was it, Full Gear? Mm. Yeah. And it sort of some of them played out as we expected, some of them not anywhere near what we thought was going to happen for, for elements of that show. I just can imagine you and I watching this, probably in the early hours of, of Monday morning before we head into... We are going to be reviewing it on mm-hmm. Monday. Um <laughs> And if those tag titles switch, we're like, what? what what's <laughs> happening? Are they going to just hot potato them and swip mm. them, switch them over to someone else? Grizzly Young Veterans, maybe? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> or, yeah, I, if, if they do change hands, I will be astonished. But um, it does feel like... I, I basically, I just don't want Imperium to hold the tag titles. Yeah, well, I mean, that's ultimately... It says something, doesn't it, that we haven't talked about Imperium as champions. We've only speculated on the future of the challengers. That, I guess, is... Both the blessing and the curse of Imperium as your champions. <laughs> you can focus on their entire storyline with your opponents uh, and just have the champions retain and kind of get out of the way so we can get on to the, <laughs> the business end of things. There'll be another day for MSK or yeah. maybe not for the Vets, but for, oh. for a few teams in NXT, there'll be brighter days ahead. But I think in the meantime, Imperium are purpose serving. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15 stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rose, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Moving on to another championship match on this card. The NXT Cruiserweight Championship hey. is on the line, despite the fact that one of the competitors does not hit the weight limit. Um, Joe Gacy. Challenging Roderick Strong of the Diamond Mine for that Cruiserweight Championship. Again, mixed emotions about this because the Joe Gacy thing, I'm not a fan of. Mm. Diamond Mine, I am a fan of. Malcolm Bivins, I'm a huge fan of, just like Roderick Strong. And yet, as much as all this bollocks gimmicks going around all this, I feel like these two maybe have the best chemistry between arguably any of these matches on this card. Yeah, I said this on the 2.0 review. Um, if you haven't listened, go back and check that out wherever you get your podcasts. And it, I like, I almost didn't believe it as I was saying it, but I wanted to. There could be a good match in here. There might be a decent match buried in Joe Gacy versus Roderick Strong, despite so much working against it. The 205 and under stipulation is like, it's weird. The fact that he's fighting the Cruiserweight title is so odd. They've tried to make it, it's an extension of a joke that doesn't work. They have dragged out feed line that can't have a punchline because it doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. Joe Gacy's too heavy for the belt, but it's an inclusive world and safe space and all that sort of stuff. So they've <laughs> dragged this feed line out without having a punchline that can make sense. So that's working against it. They have not even attempted to establish who's the heel and who's the baby face in this. No. So that's working against it. If, if Diamond Mine are their second in Roddy Strong and Harland is their second in Joe Gacy, 
That's like, what, five on two or something? <laughs> like, Jogace is in the right. By going, hang on a second, this is not very safe space. He's like, he's proving your mm. supposed heel correct. It's such a mess. It's such a mess. And yet, Roderick Strong's awesome. And it's a bit criminal that we've been allowed to forget that too often. When yes. he wrestles, it's brilliant. And you're like, oh, there it is. There he is. He smashed, he bends somebody over his knee with a backbreaker. And it's just like, yes, there's Roddy Strong. And as we've seen, Joe Gacy does the thing. Like, it, we joke about this. This is your thing. Luckily, Joe Gacy's is a cool move. And Spring Larry or whatever they call it. It doesn't remotely work in no. context of his character. But they're just like, well, you can do it, so do it anyway. Like, nothing about this reserved figure that doesn't want to turn nasty. That really should be like, when he snaps, he should probably be like choking somebody out, shouldn't he? Or like a nasty backhand or something like that. Just, he's lashed out. He didn't think he had Flash it. legend. <laughs> he didn't think he had it in him. He's like... Uh, the duality of man. How did I know that I could be both Damien and Priest? The duality of hands. <laughs> and yet, his, well, you're going to make me do it, is a like triple indie backflippy doodah. Like, it's, it doesn't work. But he's going to do that into like a shoulder breaker or something, and it's going to rule. Yeah. Like, they're, they're going to pop that venue because they're, they're a generous crowd anyway. They're kind to them. Uh, like, out of nowhere, this could be great. And... There is a slim chance, no pun intended, that Gacy gets this done. Mm-hmm. Like Gacy actually takes this title. I'm not so sure if they see Roderick Strong. How do I say this? I'm not so sh- they love the diamond mine, I think. This is all it's never about storylines, it's about reading what Vincent Bruce and Kev think of these wrestlers. I think they like the diamond mine, but I don't think they're bothered about Roddy Strong having the cruiserweight title. I don't think they see that as like a prestigious element of this group of like bullies. I don't think they like him as much as they like the Creed brothers or Ivy Nile, to no. be quite honest. Like, so I could see them thinking this is more fun with Joe Gacy doing more of that. Um, what did he call it? The inclusive invitational mm. doing stuff like that. And that gets us to what they've wanted to get to all along, which is so strange. Odyssey Jones, cruiserweight champion. <laughs> That's been the end game of all of this. And we get Odyssey Jones and Joe Gacy. I don't know. Like I just, in my head, when we're coming to Tuesday's review, it's going to be like, What's Joe Gacy going to say now that he's cruiserweight champion? Mm. You know, his, his next sort of, the next, what would be their um, young people's phrasing? Like, the next the next sort of safe space Joe Gacy wants to create okay, on NXT. Yeah. Like, this is just the first step in him making NXT 2.2. 2. Woke! Like, the, <laughs> something along those lines. Yeah, I, uh, I, I just had a horrible flash of... Him, I don't know, melting down the cruiserweight championship <laughs> to make it into some sort, some sort of woke medal that he wears around his yeah. neck or something. Uh, something that Bruce Pritchard thinks oh, this is exactly how they talk, and these are definitely what these words mean. I, I think Roddy Strong retains. I hope Roddy Strong retains, but I do. I'm going down the same same street as you though. I think he retains, and then Odyssey Jones goes. Cool, so you were open to that mm-hmm. guy not fitting on the weight limit, so I'm never go it as well. Yeah, which negates the point of the entire title, of course, but. Uh, don't worry about that. And six months later, they rename it and they call it like a TV title or something. And exactly. they've, they've got what they needed out of it. Yeah. yeah. So I, I think we're seeing a title retention there. But with the uh, the difference maker hard land, <laughs> who knows at ringside. Uh, right, let's return to War Games with the women's War Games matches. Raquel Gonzalez, Io Shirai, more bin stuff, please. <laughs> uh, Cora Jade, who just can't. Just can't stop skateboarding. Uh, <laughs> and the brilliant Kaylee Ray uh, versus Dakota Kai. She's crazy. Uh, and Toxic Attraction, Mandy Rose, Gigi Dolene, and JC Jane. Uh, the baby faces have got the advantage 
in this one, which makes for a weird dynamic, as always. And yet you look and you go, Io Shirai, Kaylee Ray, to a certain extent, Raquel Gonzalez and the likes of Dakota Kai. And maybe there's an argument to be made that Mandy or Gigi could probably do, do something spectacular in this. I'm a lot more concerned about this. I know Kaylee Ray can do great stuff in war games. I certainly know Io Shirai can as well. But uh, I saw what happened with JC Jane in a relatively innocuous, was it a ladder match? Yeah. Innocuous. Mm. <laughs> Only because they have them every other week. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. yeah um, we, I don't know. I always worry if it comes across as patronizing, if we're saying we're worried. <laughs> like, it's a genuine concern. These are dangerous matches. They are, yes, I know it's not real. But as WWE always told us, the hazards are. Don't try this at home. Mm-hmm. And there's lots of weapons. There's lots of variables. There's two cages. There's loads of rings. There's that odd space in the middle where you can get trapped. There's just a lot of things that can potentially go wrong because you have to remember a lot of stuff and you have to be in the right place. So wrestlers are amazing. Mm. All of them, like to a man and to a woman, are amazing. Even the ones that are not yet as far along as their development as others. But what you don't want to do is expose those ones by putting them in situations mm-hmm. where they're going to potentially hurt themselves or others. And that's... That's the worry. I think that's, if I can best articulate the worry that we have in matches like this, it's, yeah. it's through that. But aside from all of that, and it is going to be something to look out for, and there probably will be a couple of times where you're kind of watching through your fingers, thinking, oh my God, so-and-so has just climbed to the top. What are they going to do? And if it's not here with the bin on the head, you'll be like, oh my God. However, <laughs> the babyface winning, which was for the benefit of um, the basically the story on Tuesday, wasn't it, about Kaylee Ray. She's just returned to NXT. She's beaten Dakota Kai in an awesome match, the best match oh, yeah. in 2.0 history so far, in my opinion. Um, it was to get her over, and it was to establish her as a, a probable challenger coming out of this to Mandy Rose. That's what they're thinking of. That's the, the end game. So you can extend that to say, well, I expect the baby faces to win the match. And Toxic Attraction, otherwise the most dominant force in all of NXT, to have their credibility challenged by the fact that they've lost this War Games match. Problem is, you're giving the babyfaces the advantage from the start, so they absolutely should win. So what you need to do, because of all of this, is disadvantage the heroes that you've given the advantage to in the first place, so that when they win, it still feels like a victory. As it stands, they'd be rubbish if they didn't win, because they're going to have an advantage all the way through this until the very end. If they are stupid and inept enough to not maintain that advantage to the point where when it's finally the match beyond at four on four, they can't get it done. It's like, well, that's on you, dickheads. Mm. Why did you not maintain that? So how I think they're going to do that is have Dakota Kai start for the heels and Cora Jade start for the baby faces. Yes, I am pitching the most inexperienced person in the match to go the longest time, but there is a reason for that. Dakota Kai will be able to help guide her through those first yep. few minutes and she's going to dominate Cora J is going to be an overhead. Dakota Kai is going to be really quite enjoying this. And then you send another heel in, but it's not two on one because Cora Jade is beaten down and, and hurting okay. and selling. So Dakota oh, Kai... you another face in, sorry. Sorry, you send another face in, yeah. So you send another baby face in. For argument's sake, let's say Io Shirai. And then you've got this cool match between Io Shirai and Dakota Kai. And suddenly this match is feeling pretty incredible. And you've like, they're having a cool one-on-one match. And then just as Cora Jade's starting to recover, in comes the next heel. So then you're two on two. Okay. And by this point that advantage has been sort of nullified. Yeah. And the baby faces are only ever just in front for those couple of minutes. Every time Cora Jane gets up, she gets twatted with her own skateboard. Smash down she goes again. Oh God, here comes another baby. I think I'm feeling a bit better. Now. Bang, <laughs> down you go. And what this allows for is for Dakota Kai to be the one to lose 
for the heels. Mm-hmm. So I'm predicting the baby faces to win. I, do, I think that as well. With Kaylee Ray getting the shining moment, much as Raquel Gonzalez did last year when they were shining her up to get the big title match with Io Shirai. Kaylee Ray gets the big shine over the, the heels, probably by defeating Dakota Kai, because on NXT 2.0 this week, Toxic Attraction looked pretty pissed off that Dakota Kai had let the side yep. on in the ladder match. There was a divide on this heel unit there. To be fair to NXT 2.0, they've been not subtle about, but they've made it clear that there's a three and a one rather than a four. Mm. And when Dakota Kai loses, it's either because she's going to the main roster. I think I want that more than sticking yes. around. She's either going to the main roster or she's turning babyface. And yeah, she's going to be... You're going to need someone to like face bloody Tiffany Stratton or whatever she is when she comes through. Exactly, yeah. So it's, it's one or the other for Dakota Kai. And in the meantime... Kaylee Ray say, right, well, I won War Games. I won the biggest match. Toxic Attraction, you were in there. I thought you were dominant. And we showed you your ass at War Games. Mandy Rose, I want a title shot. And you're on a kind of that next run of programs. And you can, it's not great, but you can see where Mandy Rose goes attacking Kaylee Ray, for example. Yeah, of course, yeah. It's low, low hanging fruit. It's mm-hmm. not nice stuff. But uh, yeah, I can see where they go with that. Uh, and Kaylee Ray can just be like, yeah, you can say what you like about my looks compared to your looks or whatever you want to do with like bollocks. I'm going to kick your head in, so it don't matter. And then, yeah, you could have maybe Io Shirai goes, oh, we, we, you know, we, I didn't score the pinfall, for example, but Raquel Gonzalez is really good. And Zoe Stark's like, sorry, you got a tag team partner. She's like, yeah, 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 but you're injured, so maybe we can go after the tag titles or something. We've been fairly disciplined. So I've got a bit of a spot for you here. Oh, go on then. I've got a bit of a spot for you. So for months and months and months back when we were all still really high on Raka Gonzalez, what was the thing every week that you were most excited to reference when Raka Gonzalez came out? Oh, big engine? back! That big back. And if there's one thing that makes a big back look great, it's a bottle of glue. And where in wrestling, Wilborn, do you find bottles of glue? In a bin. And why might we need a bin for this match? <laughs> need to put something on Ayushirai's head. Bingo! There we go. There's your bin spot. What's the bin doing in there? What's going on with Ayushirai, with uh, Raquel Gonzalez's back? Somebody's been drinking glue. <laughs> and that's a brilliant, another, I love the shots that they're taking between AEW. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that would be a good shot. Yeah. Triple H has been like, you sat there at home, still recovering. Golden fucking shawl, is it? On the phone to Vince. Glue in a, glue in a bin. Yeah. Glue in a bin, Vince. <laughs> Some glue in a bin. Make their backs look weird. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I agree. Babyfaces win. Holy, oh my God. We talk about putting these inexperienced wrestlers in difficult situations. Flaming table. Oh like, God. <laughs> Jesus Christ, no. Flaming table in women's war games. On that way, by our booking, this is the opener as well. <laughs> yeah. Nothing can follow it. Uh, well, the only thing that probably could follow it is the final match we're going to talk about. Hair versus hair. Duke Hudson versus Carrie Grand, baby. To the moon. Who... Michael Hamlet, get shaved bald. Duke Hudson, I think. Yes! I mean, you know which one I'm going to pick, obviously. Yeah, uh, but I'll show my work in here a little bit before I give the people what they want, and by the people, I mean you. Um, (laughs) On 2.0, Duke Hudson was like, Cameron Grimes, you would look stupid with a haircut. Despite the fact Cameron Grimes is walking around with a haircut and he looks pretty great. Maybe yeah, he looks fantastic. <laughs> like, so they've done all that, they've done Photoshop stuff, and Duke Hudson, in all of that, didn't once, I think you made this point, like, nobody, this is a two-way stipulation. It's like, nobody... He, all Cameron Grimes said to it wasn't a great zinger. He no. just said, I'm going to shave you bald. And he went, oh, I didn't oh, think of that. It just didn't occur to me. So yet again, 
Uh, not got a great poker face. <laughs> he's about he's zero and twelve or something in poker situations. Well, I do hope Cameron Grimes hits him with a snake eyes just for the sake of it. Snake eyes is great. Um, maybe just actually gets physical cards and paper cuts him like yeah. on jackass webs of his hands, so he can't throw punches. Shut up! Paper cuts the webs of his lips. Yeah, all that sort of stuff. Um, barber chair partners funny mm. always in wrestling. So you do all that sort of stuff. Um, <laughs> Cameron Grimes brings the hat back so he can't even get to his hair in the first place because yeah. he's like, oh, you can't take it off. Um, like the edge in U2 takes off, there's a smaller hat underneath. <laughs> um, anyway, yeah, Cameron Grimes wins. And let me tell you why. Because the theme of this show has been lines in the sand, has it not, between the, the haves and the have-nots on NXT 2.0. And whilst this match on paper looks like all the rest, looks like who is new, versus who is to come, you know, who is mm, going to yeah. be leaving NXT. This looks like Cameron Grimes and a bit of an NXT old boy compared to Duke Hudson. Not in this case, because that haircut and that look upgrade that he's been given recently is telling me, are you ready for this, Wilborn, that they want Cameron Grimes to be their world champion? <gasps> there is nobody on that brand, nobody that I can think of better suited to carry that belt. No, I Not agree. only can he have great matches, he has the best handle on Bruce Pritchard's terrible comedic voice. Like, by a mile. And what I'm not just saying that he delivers the gags. I'm saying that he almost makes them credible. Like, that promo he cut the other week was pretty fantastic. Amazing. And th- so little on this show is pretty fantastic. And yet Cameron Grimes has proved it over and over again. He was doing this bollocks when NXT was still gritty and grimy and rubbish. Like, he was a shining light for him and 2.0. We said it all the time. Yeah. Like, make them a make them a, a six, a trio. They misheard us, and they said, call the show 2.0. <laughs> yeah. But we said, keep them three together, because they're just perfect. Um, I think, long-term, they're looking at Cameron Grimes as their world champion, if he doesn't impress so much that he gets called up. And I think he wins here. I think he embarrasses Duke Hudson. There's another day for Vink. And um, on Grimes goes. I really hope you're right. I don't really have much to add to it. I think Cameron Grimes has the best finisher in all of NXT 2.0. I might argue uh, that point. Yeah, I maybe. love the cave-in and the mm. fact it can be hit from anywhere really does help matters. So maybe, I don't know, Duke gets too carried away. He's probably got him beat and he goes to get the clippers, walks towards him and turns around straight into a cave-in. One, two, three. And, it, you know, he's not out cold, but he's suddenly like, wait, what just happened? And then... There yeah. we go. I agree. I mean, I wouldn't touch a hair on that beautiful man's head <laughs> uh, when it comes to Cameron Grimes. I love the way, yes, the trim has helped him, but let's stop there. We don't need oh, any yeah, more yeah. of that coming yeah. off. Um, and I also think it's a bit of a given that half the time when the person, you know, like we said, like the person who stands tall before a pay-per-view doesn't usually win the title mm. or holds the belt up before, the, whatever you want to say. I think the rule, I don't know if this is 100% accurate, but the rule is whoever makes visual representations of what his opponent will look like generally mm. losers. I, I couldn't I feel like McMahon definitely made like a bald Trump, for example, before. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Battle of yeah, the Billionaires. Yeah. I can't think of any others just off the top of my head. I remember Chris Jericho did it with like Chris Benoit on a boat, on a goat. And then I think he lost too, because that partner is criminal. He de- yeah. And I feel like I, I can't picture it in my head. I can't picture the visual, but I feel like, Angle definitely did it. In the Sounds very Kurt Angle, doesn't it, against yeah. Edge? Yeah. So. It's rubbish crack. It's really terrible. They yeah. love it. It's one of the worst things they love. Yeah. <laughs> There's definitely a list in that. Um, <laughs> but yes, let us know your thoughts ahead of 
War Games this weekend uh, on Twitter at WhatCultureWWE. Watch, well, they can follow both of us. You can follow Michael Hamflit at Michael Hamflit. You can follow me at Adam Wilborn. Follow us all at WhatCultureWWE. As I said, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling wherever you get your podcasts from for daily wrestling podcasts. Monday is going to be a big day in the What Culture Wrestling Towers. We will have the review of NXT War Games. We'll also be reviewing SmackDown and AEW Rampage and looking ahead to Monday Night Raw. <laughs> so do make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling if you haven't done so already to get all of those in your feed as soon as they are released. Right, this has been the War Games preview. Enjoy NXT War Games this weekend. My thanks to Michael Hampler. Thank you for joining us and we will see you soon. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 